Welcome to La Creativity Podcast, Eric. The life and times of Eric is your main page and welcome, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. And Eric, you're here to talk about how to help people obtain their dreams. I mean, yes, yes, yes. I'm here to help people, uh, give people great tips, great skills, great tips and great advice on and, and proven ways on how you can use your job and skills to go after your entrepreneurship dreams or your career dreams or just anything that you want in life by giving you actionable tips that you can use today not tomorrow not five years from now because god forbid we might not be alive but today so that that's what i'm about that's what my podcast is about so i like to consider myself a podcaster and a, and a slash accountability type partner to help you guide you along the way to being successful and being where you want to be and starting on that journey of being on your success path. Very nice. And I'm assuming your podcast is also called The Life and Times of Eric. Yes, yes. My podcast is called The Life and Times of Eric because uh, I named it that because it's like pretty much my life and the times that I've and the things I've gone through, the struggles, the, the journey to finding myself, finding my podcast, finding my voice. So that's why I named it that. Uh, yeah, and I just I just felt like it was one of those type of situations where you listen, you could see the growth as we walk along. It's almost like if you ever watched The Wonder Years, I know it's kind of old of a show, but over time you can see Ben growing up or Boy Meets World. You can see how, you know, they were growing up over time because, you know, you, you took that journey with them. So, yeah, that's how I treat my podcast. No, it's got a nice ring to it. I can see I can see a book in your future. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, but on that note, if you don't mind giving us like kind of a an overview or a snapshot of those life and times of, of things you don't mind sharing about your life. Yeah, no problem. So like... Uh, in my life, started off, went to school, did the whole school route, got an MBA, did the MBA route, did everything I was supposed to do school-wise to be prepared. Went and got a job with a professional team like the Hawks in Atlanta, did that. Uh, that was like around like a crazy time with the economy. Uh, left that job, went and got another job where I was project management, traveled, didn't like that. Uh, then I, th- I started doing a whole bunch of startup gigs. And now all this was happening. Oh, no, I, uh, the project management job, I got laid off on my day off. Uh, oh. Have you ever seen Friday? It's like Friday. Like, I literally got called. They were like, yeah, we had to let you go. And I, I tell everybody that story. They'd be like, you got laid off on your day off? Like, yeah, I was off and they got laid off. So that's. A, just, I think that says a lot about that company. Or yeah, it does. It, it was going down. It was going down the drain. I ended up laying more people off later on. But it, the good player part was I had been looking for another job anyway. Uh, I got a whole year severance. Uh, when they laid me off, I remember turning my computer in and they were like, what's your password to your computer? And it was like, uh, I hate my job. So it was like, <laughs> so it was like, what I was like, ah, so it was like, it was like a blessing in disguise. At the time, I, I you like, oh man, this is my first time being laid off. Why? But then at the same time, I had been looking for another job like badly. So when I got laid off, it's like, all right, now it's time to find something else. So, you know, I, I, I started writing, doing a little bit more, kind of coming up with an idea for a podcast, never really putting it to paper. And then later on, I started working for another startup, got laid off from that startup because they were just crazy. So I had been through it before. So I just remember people crying and I was just like, man, you know, I got to really change something about my life. You know what I'm saying? I'm having too many people decide what I want to do, decide who I am, decide where I want to be. So Mm -hmm. then I was like, all right, I'm going to try something else try like a franchise type startup where I was owning it. It was cool. It was all right. But 
it was just a burn in my pockets. And then around that time, I was like 2015 going to 16. I was like, I'm gonna start my podcast. So I started my podcast then. The only thing is it was inconsistent. And that's why I tell people all the time, figure out who you are first before you bring other people along on your journey. Because if I had brought people along to work with me, they would have probably been shunned me, been disappointed in me because it was very inconsistent. Like in a sense where even though I did 100 episodes the first season of my podcast, but I call it 100 episodes a season, mm -hmm. I took another year and a half off before I started recording again and then another year and a half off. And being inconsistent like that would never give you the results you want. You got to be consistent, consistent, consistent. And I say all that to say, be consistent, find your message. Because in the beginning when I was podcasting, I would literally have a topic, top, uh, topic like, hey, let me show you how to be motivated in the sense where when you're dealing with people who always attack you, people who always come at you, whether it be, you know, just dealing with negativity. And then my next episode would be, do you like to recycle? So it's like, it's all over the place. <laughs> right? It's like, yeah, it wasn't no clear message. It was just pretty much just like, I would just get on the mic and just go all over. And then finally I was able to tone it down to now I've niched down to where it's everything just about job and skills. How to use your job to go after you, how to use your job and skills to go after your dreams or your, you know, your career job that you want. And I say both of those because the problem that we have nowadays in the world we think everybody wants to be an entrepreneur, but that's not true. Everybody doesn't want to do the entrepreneur. Everybody doesn't want to take risks. Everybody doesn't want to do that. And since everybody doesn't want to do that, we shouldn't always categorize everybody in one bubble. Let, let people be who they are. So I just want to show people that you can use the job and skills that you have, either go out your entrepreneurship dreams, have your own thing, or to move up the corporate ladder, get another job at your place of employment or somewhere else. So that's, that's been, a great distinction. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's definitely been a, a interesting trip, I would say. And I always tell people, don't be a, don't be scared to pivot because I had to pivot on my podcast to figure out who I was, figuring out my voice after all the first two seasons and being like, what am I good at? What am I able to help people at? And I had to listen to a lot of episodes, talking to people and being like, this is what I can do. This is what I'm great at doing because I've used it in my experiences and a lot of the jobs that I, I was able to get. I was able to use the skills that I give people or I show people to get positions that I was clearly didn't have the experience for, but I was able to put myself in the right position, talk to the right people, fix my resume up by talking to the right people and just making it seem like I knew what was going on, even if I didn't know what was going on. But when I got in the door, I was in my work ethic was able to take me there. You know, yeah. it's not like I went and applied to be a medical doctor because that's a whole different thing. But some jobs, you know, you just need to get your foot in the door and you feel like they're going to have to retrain you anyway, depending on what it is. Right. So, you know, things like that. But yeah, it's been a real life journey, I would say. So I would tell everybody, just be consistent, because like I said, I've started, stopped, started, stopped. And then after all this time, 200, 300 plus episodes, it's like it's just finally all coming together to the point now where it's like being consistent, doing more, investing in yourself and just being that. Because I would say for anybody. If you want to be successful, you got to invest in yourself. That means putting money into marketing for your product because you got to spread the word. No one's just going to come and just drop 100,000 subscribers on you without you, you know, putting the work in and letting everybody know who you are. Right. That actually, um, well, there's two things I wanted to point out, but that what you just said is actually personally hard for me because I hate commercials. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I will be darned if I have a podcast that has commercials because I myself don't like listen to them. But 
on the other side of that, it's like, why are you doing a podcast? You know, like this is for, this is to shine light on your guest and to let other people know, like they're out there and they've right. got these, this wisdom. It's not about you not liking commercials. Um, but the other thing I wanted to ask you more, a little bit more about is you had mentioned a little bit ago uh, that when you were in those jobs that you didn't really like, that you were tired of letting other people tell you who you were, or yeah. tell, I think, is that what you said? Could control my destiny, control where I was going to be. Yeah. So can you say more about that? Yeah, I, I definitely can, because um, a lot of times we don't really think about how when you're working, depending on what, what kind of job you're working someone else controls where you're going to go. Someone else controls when you're going to be here. Someone else is going to control how many days you get off and everything. And if you like that type of stuff, that's great. There's nothing wrong with that. But there's levels to how someone can control you. Prime example, if you're a mid-tier manager, supervisor, you're still being controlled. But if you're a CEO, somewhere like that higher and you want to go that job route, the higher you are, the more you control you have over what you're doing. Because of course, if you're getting paid more, then you have more say-so and you're more valuable of an asset. We mm -hmm. all know that. But if you're just an hourly worker, an associate, you know how that goes. You got to be here. They don't let you do anything, things like that. But at the flip of it, if you're someone like me and you're like, I don't like no one controlling me. I don't like having to be at somewhere at a certain time. Then you have a mindset of having your own ownership, being your own person telling other people what to do instead of someone always controlling you and telling you what to do. Because I just experienced the whole being laid off situation, seeing people cry, you know, like I've given it all up to come back. I want had a dream. I wanted to be here. And then you just be like, so how long is this severance going to be? And when is it going to kick in? You know, you just understand that it's not personal it's business. And since it's business, you understand that they don't really, some people, they don't really care for you because it's, it's all about the bottom line. So you have to be able to willing to take control of your life and, and where you want to be and how you want to be at it. So where you want to be with it, I should say, really. So I would have to say, like, having those experiences really showed me like, hey, I got to create my own, create my own ownership, things like that. So I just know that that's when I went into the whole podcast realm. Like, I like to talk. I like to, you know, share my experiences. And even though it was small then and I didn't really know uh, how the content would move. Mm -hmm. It was a great experience. And I feel like that's what anybody, whether you're a painter, like we talked about before, a singer, whoever, if you want to control your own destiny, you want to control where you want to be, you got to have your own ownership. You got to be able to put yourself out there and, and, and dictate your path, not let nobody else dictate your path. Because I just always seen how when other people dictate your path, they're going to always do what's best for them in the end. So it might not always be best for you. Right. And also on that line, when with about other people dictating your path, they only may be speaking about what they know or what they've seen. There may be plenty of other paths that, you know, exist that yeah. they don't know about that you can find, um, such as, you know, making your own type of job uh, or um, or I know it for myself, I'm an art therapist and I, no one knew what an art therapist was. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> it's like you draw and it like helps you calm your therapy like like you draw and then it kind of relieves you or you just draw how you feel so it's a combination of verbal therapy with the art process and the art process is actually used to help other people heal oh, um and it the different medias are actually medicine i see them right. as um but so like 
throughout school, people were like, oh, become an art teacher. But it wasn't until someone was like, art therapist is like, oh, that that sounds right. <laughs> you yeah, know? That, that sounds really cool. That sounds really cool. But to the point is, you know, when you kind of listen to yourself, then you'll know what, you know, what what path is right or which way to go, not listening to other people's advice. I mean, it could be good advice, but also yeah. listening to your inner instinct. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I always say you definitely got to believe in yourself and pray because your inner spirit, your discernment, your gut, whatever you want to, you know, however you feel at the time will tell you like, this feels right for me. Like when you do an art therapist, you probably were like, this feels right for me. And mm-hmm. that, they're probably like, you would be an art teacher. You probably were like, this don't feel right for me. Exactly. <laughs> I just, uh, I like the kids, but not this way. This don't feel right for me. This is what I want to do. This is not it. So it's like almost like battling yourself to figure out what's best for you. Because because I remember being in school and I wanted to be a sports agent. And I remember like wondering what kind of classes I should take. And I remember the, the career counselor. I was like, I want to be a sports agent. Not knowing I just need to take business classes and then go get my MBA. And then if I wanted to go to law school, go. But some people don't even go. It all depends on how you want to do your business, whatever. But the uh, career counselor was like, yeah, take these classes. She put me in a human resources program. I'm like, what does that got to do with being a sports agent? I'm not trying to manage people. I mean, I'm, I'm managing people, but the, the human resource track is more on the sense of going through procedures, stuff like that. Being a sports agent deals with mm-hmm. contracts. I needed contract classes, business classes, things like that. Do yeah. contracts and procedures. So I knew it this, did, this just didn't sound right. I just knew it didn't sound right. So luckily I was right. I ended up joining, getting into the track a business that dealt with sports agents and contracts and I was able to look around but if I had just been naive and been like okay she's right I just go she's got to go along with what they tell me to do right and I just had that and I would have been like what the freak I don't even I don't even do this you know what I'm saying so make it go back to your point is if it don't feel right you guys definitely do the research definitely continue to keep looking and find out what feels right for you because you'll know what sounds and what 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 sounds and what doesn't feel right and then also, I love that you were talking about when you started your podcast, it was inconsistent. You weren't quite sure like what your I, like what your central topic would be. Um, but I'm wondering, do you feel like that sort of going, not going back and forth, but that um, experience is needed to find your path? Or do you feel like it differs from person to person? I feel like it, it differs from person to person because depending on when you start your podcast, you may already have an idea on what it wants to be or who what you've been working with. Like, okay, so say someone starts a podcast on um, gardening. They may already been doing gardening for the last four years and just like, hey, I just want to tell people about gardening and all the different tips of gardening. Me, I was just kind of like in a central position of, all right, I've done these corporate jobs and now I've done the startup jobs. Like what's next for me? Where am I going? I have a lot. I, I'm sure a lot of people wanna wanna hear about it. Uh, I was kind of moving around with startups now and you know, just going into that whole background, not having experience and just how I was able to get my foot in the door. It was just kind of all over the place. So, you know, depending on where you're coming from, if you're just turning the mic on and you're just kind of figuring out who you are, yeah. But if you've been doing something for years, you've been, you know, putting your outlier hours in and you want to topic down, you niche down to your topic, then it'll be different because you're just pretty much using this as a, a different outlet. Like, like you said before, being an art therapist, if you've been doing that for years. If you turn the mic on and was like, I want to talk about this, then you already know because you've been doing it for years. You you set out. This isn't something you just woke up and was like, all right, I'm going to do a podcast. 
don't know what on, but you know, you have a topic. So I think it all varies depending yeah. on what you're looking to do at the time. I was just like, I just wanted to discuss different situations and topics. And I just kind of cut it on. And then from there, I was able to figure out what I like, what I didn't like, what was helpful, what was not helpful. Uh, and then even now I go back, because in the beginning, I would talk for an hour, an hour and 30 minutes. And then my brother listened to it. And he was like, no, who are you supposed to be? CNN, Larry King, <laughs> The Breakfast Club. Like, no one wants to hear that for an hour. So I, then I toned it down to like 15, the 30 minutes. And I went from 30 to 15 to 17 minutes. That's my sweet spot now. So it's a simple fact of figuring out. Like you can see, I didn't really didn't have a idea. It was just kind of like figuring out. And then even then I didn't batch record. I was doing everything week by week, episode by day by day. And I didn't know no better, but now I know batch record is the best thing ever. So like I said, it's all about having a plan. You know, if you're niching down, you probably have a plan. Mm -hmm. if not, you're probably kind of winging it. So like I was, and it, but now I'm able to figure out what my message is, how I'm going to do it when I'm record it, batch record it and just have it just just get out there and plan it there's different ways uh, on how to do it like if it's two to three months and I was there at a position and then I left I wouldn't even add it on my resume I would just uh -huh. be like hey don't even add it and then they asked me I'd be like hey something happened uh I, I worked my last job I was only there I was there for seven I was there for however long and then between now and then even though it may have been four or five months off I was like hey I was something happened I was taking care of family member whatever happened was going on, you know, just give some type of reason. A lot of people are understanding. And mm -hmm. then what I was about to say after that is since pre-COVID now, it doesn't even really matter no more. Cause now it could be like, well, why do you have it? Man, I got laid off. And you know how, the, you know how it's been out here. You'll be like, yeah, you're right. You're right. Nobody, no <laughs> one's going to ask any questions now. So if you have any gaps in your resume now, since COVID, pre-COVID, you, you don't have to explain anything. All you have to say, my job let me off. What? Yep. I had been there. You see how long I've been there. They let me off. They let me off mid midst of COVID. And I've been out here applying and working and everything. No one's going to ask any questions because they understand how everything is. And then plus on top of that, depending on what company you're applying for, they probably lay people off. I mean, it's very few companies out here that haven't laid anybody off in massive or, or droves. And then yeah. now they're so wanting people to come work. They probably ain't going to ask no questions. Can you be here Monday? Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I can be here Monday. <laughs> <laughs> so now you know it's a little different ball game now you know back then it used to be the whole oh oh mr brundage i see a stretch in your resume of four months what was going on there well unfortunately my little brother got sick and i had to go take care of him and i just needed some time off you know i just let my, my last employee know and they understood and you know we, we touched bases and i just let them know oh not knowing that I am the little brother. So I needed my own time off because I didn't feel good for my last job. They made me feel sick. There we go. There we go. There we go. There we go. <laughs> but it's all about how you how you explain it. I know some people are like, hey, that's wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're wrong too for, 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 for asking me all these questions. They should just be, you know what I'm saying? I have the qualifications. Why does all that matter? Right. You know, people don't realize that. And I want to touch on this. People don't realize that your mental state could be a big reason why you leave a position and you need oh, yeah. time. But you don't want to tell somebody, hey, I needed four months off because mentally I left a position that I wasn't ready for or not even ready for. I didn't feel comfortable for how they treated me. And I just needed time to, to decompress and woosah. You know, you don't want to tell somebody that because they're going to think you're mentally unstable. But your mental health is very important. So, you know, sometimes you have to exaggerate and tell them other things going on just so people don't judge you, which mm -hmm. I understand, which is needed. But 
If you need your mental time, take it because it's very important. And mental health is really serious. No, I I of course agree. Um, but the uh and I and your job definitely can make you sick. I've seen, I mean, I've I've counseled people who are in jobs that um that they hate. <laughs> and they think there's no other options, but I think that's the worst for whatever reason. There's um people tend to get stuck in this mindset that there's no other way to do things. Yeah. Um, but from what you were just describing and about how to um explain, you know, stretches on your resume or yeah. even how to um negotiate, I mean, that's why I love creativity and the and the arts is because it helps expand your your possibilities once you can once you get into that creative mode you're like oh there's there's tons of other options I, you know like blockades roadblocks are no longer roadblocks they're just something to that's going to take a little bit more time yep 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 I, I definitely believe that because like you said before a lot of people who feel like there's no way out or anything else I can do they pretty much put a block on their mind, like you said, and feel like they can't stretch themselves or they can't. Some people, you ever heard of, you, you've heard of Stockholm syndrome. Mm -hmm. That's how some people I feel like are when they don't want to leave their job. They feel like, oh, no, that's it's, good. Not the, it's not the job. It's right. me. It's not the job. It's me. Like, no, you're the victim. You're telling me what the job is doing. You're telling me the job is making you work weekends after you done put in for the weekend to be off. No, it's not them. It's me. I just need to work harder. I just need, no, no. And then now you're sick. And now to the point where you think about going to work on Monday and now you have ulcers in your stomach. Now you, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Your, your blood pressure is high and things like that. And I think about Stockholm syndrome like that, because, you know, a lot of times the victim thinks that it's not them and they're, they're in the wrong and, you know, you're a victim, you know, and, and a lot of people don't realize that because there's, I've seen people, like you said before, you've seen it, People get treated badly by jobs and they don't understand how how detrimental it is or how if you was to die, God forbid, they would have a moment of silence and then they would be having your post back, they'll have your position back on Indeed and they mm -hmm. would keep the ship running. They wouldn't even be worried about you. So, you know, why even do that to yourself and, and being able to understand that you can do better, you just got to expand your mind and get around people who can help you do better. Because a lot of times I realize you've probably seen it too. A lot of people won't leave that position because it's always something like, I can't go. So-and-so is in school. I can't go because I'm the only provider. I can't go because my wife told me I shouldn't leave or my husband told me I shouldn't leave. Or I can't go because my CDs are still at the workplace. Whatever it may be, they give some type of reason when all actuality, it should be my wife sees I'm hurting. She says, I need to go. She says, we'll be fine. I need to keep applying. No one, they, don't, they I hardly ever hear someone say, I need to leave and go and do something else. It's always, I can't go because I'm the provider. I got to do this. So-and-so is telling me I shouldn't leave. And mm -hmm. so-and-so doesn't realize how much detriment it's causing to them, their health, their family, and everything around them. Instead of just being a, a person that'd be supportive, be like, hey, I know you need to leave. Let's start applying for jobs. I'll help you do your resume. I'll help you do this. Whatever you need me to help you with, let's do this. Let's get you out of this position so you can be healthier be better, be more wiser. And then, you know, cause that type of stuff that you go on work, you bring it home. So. Yeah, definitely. And, um, and I just want to highlight that, yes, bringing other people in and networking and asking for help is, is definitely a big, um, can be super helpful, um, in all walks of life. <laughs> Not yes, even yes, just, yes. Uh, so I like that you brought that up. Uh, I like to end with, um, 
uh, four questions about creativity, if you don't okay. mind. And then, of course, we'll bring it back around and, and um, remind people of where to find you. What? Uh, so what is creativity for you? Uh, creativity to me is expressing and showing how you feel and what you think uh, the world is or what your viewpoints are. It's almost to me is creating your own reality. Oh, I like that. Uh, what do you love about creativity? I love about creativity that anybody, no matter who you are, person, color, skin, whatever, religion, whatever, you can create what you want and the message can be seen in so many different ways by so many different people. And then what do you hate about creativity? Uh, I hate about, I would say hate, I say dislike because I try not to say hate but my parents tell me not to. Uh, I would say a dislike about creativity is that sometimes it can be taken to a point where people use it to the wrong reasons and make other people feel uncomfortable about it. And I don't, I don't like that. I don't like anything that makes other people feel like they're not worthy, they're not a good person, or they feel ashamed, used, or abused, or anything like that. Because I just know that, you know, having low self-esteem or having someone belittle you or make you feel uncomfortable can make a lot of people just not just want to be here. And they, everybody needs to be here for their parents and family. So creativity can have as good and as bad, in my opinion. Uh, yes, unfortunately. Uh, and then where is your creativity? Um, I would have to say my creativity is in my ability to self-talk, talk to myself. Uh, I write a lot of things out in my mind. Uh, when I have conversations, I have the conversations already in my head. Mm -hmm. And like I always like to say, like Eric Thomas say, no one can stop me from practicing. So I do a lot of my own practicing, discussing different topics, discussing different things, uh, the, like the job and skills, things I want to speak about or things on a podcast or whatever it may be. I just always do a lot of that in my head and mm -hmm. I talk it out. And then me talking it out allows my mind to hear it so that when I hear any kind of question, no matter where it is, or if I've never heard it, my mind already understands because I've practiced so long on so many different ways, read so many different things that I'm ready. So that's my creativity, self-talking to myself. I love that. I, I uh, And it sounds like, especially, especially when you said, um, I don't like to say the word hate, it sounds like you probably talk to yourself well, which yeah. uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, is, I wish everyone did. Because um, then, I mean, yeah, because it, it just helps in so many different ways. So anything, any last thing that you wanted to say that you didn't get a chance to? or uh, I would like to say like, I know on my end of my show, I tell everybody, keep living your life because if you don't, your life isn't going to live you. And what mm -hmm. that means is if life is only going to give you what you want. So if you want a better life, if you want your life to have all the great things, all the great success to be bigger and better, you got to go out there and grab life. But if you continue just to live life being mediocre, life will give you only mediocre. So that's why I tell everybody, keep living your life because life is not going to live you. You got to grab out there and make sure you live life to the fullest. And I also tell people to continue to keep staying at three Bs, continue to stay bigger, better, and better. Bigger because you wanna make sure your mindset is bigger in everything you do creativity wise, and that you always thinking outside the box and always being the best. Better because no matter who you are, you wanna be the baddest person so that when people see you, you, they know that your reputation and your character speaks for itself and they know you're gonna give 120, 140% everything that you do and better. Like every day we're on this planet, you wanna be a better person, the day after day because you never know whose life you can affect so you always want to be a better person every day so that's why i stay stay the three b's bigger better and better oh i love it thank you thank you <laughs> <laughs> and again the life and times of eric is where you can find him dot 
is it dot com or dot org yeah, dot dot com and it's okay. also my instagram as well too the life and times of eric all right wonderful well thank you again for being here and uh please go check him out <laughs> no problem thank you guys <laughs> i'm wondering is it is there a same principle for people who are trying who have like a full-time job but know they want to pivot to something else or to transition to something else because life can happen with that too and and yeah. doing resumes and going on interviews takes a lot of energy is there yeah. a way to batch record or you know is there like a, a way to automate that i guess I would say when it comes to that, it would be a little harder for the simple fact that jobs pop up. But the best way I do know when it comes to having your job and then maybe going on resume, going on interviews for other jobs is to always pick a certain day that you know is always more lack and lack at your job. Like we all know certain days, maybe Friday where your job is very lack. Or if you know you always have meetings on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Pick a Monday or Wednesdays to go do what you have to do for your interviews because you know Mondays people aren't really paying attention or Wednesdays is kind of lack. Or if you know your lunch is always between 11 and 1, always pick during that time because some people get an hour lunch every day. And depending on where you are, you can always pick it. And then some people are working from home. If you work from home, then you're definitely good because you know, you're not always on, on. You, ha you have a lunch. But if you work in the, going in the building and you know between 11 and 1 is your time, just always do 11 to one. Like I've seen people, I've told people, I was like, what, like they've asked the same question, like 11 to one, like that's, I get a 30 minute lunch. What should I do? Like, I don't know how to race home. I was like, I wouldn't race home. Just take it in your car. Mm. I mean, I could, but don't they want me in front of the computer? Some people ask for that. No, you have the ability to tell them like, look, I can't get to this situation. I need to take it in my car or I, I don't have a computer in front of me. I need to do it in my car. And a lot of times they're okay with that. Or if you need it to be so bad, tell them like, hey, I can take it on my phone and they'll be okay with it. A lot of times we don't realize that we have the ability to negotiate. Mm -hmm. We just have to ask. We just kind of sometimes take what they give us. Like, you got to be in front of your computer. Mm, hey, I won't be in front of my computer, but I'll be on my phone. Will that work as well? And they'll be like, okay. A lot yeah. of times this is all about what you're willing to negotiate, what you're willing to say, what you're willing to ask. Because it's like, you know, the theory of a closed mouth don't get fed. So if you don't ask or you don't say or you don't you know request, how would you ever know? Because a lot of times I've seen this happen before. People will tell me they're like, I got on the call, I had a race home, get on my computer. And then they get on their computer, they get on and they got they don't even show their face. I was like, see, you raced home for nothing. I was trying to tell you, I was like, you should have asked them. I was like, man, I could have been in my car and did this. Yeah. But that's a great point to bring up too, because um when you're looking for another job, people usually are have like a desperateness about them. Like they yeah. feel like they have little power and the company or wherever they're applying to has all the power, but you're at, that's never true. That's never true. Never or whatever, you know, I, I'd say in very rare um, instances in life, that's true. But um, uh, just for my own experiences. Yeah. So bringing the negotiation and it's, it's like, helping people remember like yeah you you can say something <laughs> yes you you can say like no this is it and then sometimes it's best to say that because it allows them to know that you're not going to just be jerked around because if you've been jerked around your current position you surely don't want to go somewhere else and continue to keep being jerked around sometimes you just have to put your foot down and speak your voice because i think a lot of times when you don't speak your voice it translates into your workplace mm -hmm. because i've always i've seen people at workplaces get treated a certain way and you have to step in and be like, hey man, y'all kind of, y'all chill out. Everybody stop. They're like, okay, but 
D had to talk to him. I've talked to people. I'm like, man, why don't you just tell them that you don't like that? Well, I don't want them to be mad or think that. I was like, man, no one's going to be mad at you. You just have to tell people what you don't like, because if not, they're going to continue to pick on you. They're going to continue to make you feel uncomfortable, work crazy hours, make you come in on weekends. I was like, you you could just tell how some people treat other people because they have, they know they can get away with doing certain stuff if you don't stand up for yourself. And that doesn't even have to be like verbal or emotional abuse. It could just be the simple fact of, you know, you're going to do this or you come over here or, or whatever it may be, but you got to find your voice and stick up for yourself no matter what, you know? And I think that just deals with life in general, you know? It can mm-hmm. be at your job, it could be at home, it can be with your family, it could be with your friends. You got to be able to just put the foot down and be like, this is what I'm tolerating and this is what I'm not tolerating. Yeah. Uh, and then I I was wondering if you could, um, and I'm, I'm just watching the time, but if you could talk a little bit about pivoting, can you say more about like, because I know there's, I've seen, I've experienced this myself too, where I feel like I'm going from job to job. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I'm pivoting a little too much here. <laughs> and I've seen that as criticism for like the, the more, you know, younger generations too, that no one ever stays anywhere. But um, yeah. So what do you think about it? I, I think pivoting is, is a normal factor in life. I mean, I mean, that's how, that's how I am where I am now. I pivoted a lot, like literally, uh, like I said before, my first couple of jobs was like leasing and sales. Uh, then I went to, when I worked for the Hawks, it was like event management. And then I went and pro- got a project management gig that deal with management, uh, inventory, traveling seven months out of the year. Then mm-hmm. I left that and went to a startup that deal with like sale, field sales. And then from there to another position that dealt with more like uh um, how I could say consumer type interaction in the sense where consumer interaction sales targeted people going mm-hmm. to different aspects going to different jobs so I, I pivot a lot nothing was ever just five years in the same spot so I say about pivoting is it's all about how you you make it on your resume and how you pivot you know what I mean because sometimes uh, I pivot some positions and I wasn't at a job for, for six months like some people say you should be before you figure out sometimes I was only for two or three months and then I was like, man, this isn't for me. I just left. I just don't add it on my resume. So there's ways to make things look good. And there's mm-hmm. ways to make sure not. Um, I just don't add it. And if they ask me between the period, I just be like, hey, at that time, so-and-so happened in the last position. I was looking for something else. 